0: What's up guys welcome to the very first ever attempted podcast i'm calling it free country with grady smith um thanks for being here thank you for being here it's good to have you here i am <clears throat> trying to make this whole kind of like youtube online country music personality thing happen and i know i've needed to do a podcast for a while And let's just start. I've been putting it off. I've been wanting to research it. I even talked to Tom Moran from Inside Nashville. He used to run my very, very, very favorite country music podcast, Inside Nashville with Tom Moran. Um, I called him and got some advice about how to do it. And I think the reality is I just need to do it. I just need to freaking do it and actually sit down with a microphone and record a podcast. So thanks for stopping in, y'all. Thank you for being here. My name is Grady, as you know. I talk about country music on the internet, as you know. And right now, I am in this period where I'm trying to maybe transition and become, you know, whoever I'm going to be in this world, (laughs) at least when it comes to my career as a country music personality. And that means trying to take myself a little more seriously, trying to be like, you know, this isn't just a hobby, if I'm being honest. This is something that I want to happen because it kind of felt like in December when my SnapTrack video blew up. It kind of felt like, you know, random in a way. And it's taken some time to step back and be like, you know, it really wasn't random. I actually really wanted that to happen. And I really wanted to have this kind of country thing work. Um, So I'm finally stopping the little lie to myself that, you know, uh, I just happened to blow up, and now I'm trying to adjust. It's like, no, I mean, I wanted I wanted this thing to get popular, but it's gotten popular really fast. You know, I spent month, years and years and years getting to 5,000 subscribers, and then, you know, in the last five and a half months, it's gone from 5,000 to, like, 65,000 subscribers. That's intensely gratifying, but it's kind of intimidating. You're like, oh, crap. Like, I guess people like what I do, and <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess yeah, I should keep delivering. But for some reason, that's not usually my first response. I usually get kind of intimidated by the fact that people like what I do and then just sort of go in my little shell and um, get overwhelmed by life. I don't know why. I think like that's just kind of how my nature is, Um, is not really wanting to believe that people like what I have to say or like me. But going to Nashville this past week was really, really, really a good thing for me. I shook hands with a lot of people. Yeah, let me just like recap this Nashville trip. So I went to Nashville last Thursday through Sunday. I was there for no other reason than pretty much just networking. I went to meet some, I don't know, big people in meetings basically that say, hey, we see your channel blowing up and it would be good for us to know each other. So I met with the YouTube office down there, I met with um, a management company, I met with another manager, just seeing like, are you guys people that want to help me, that maybe could help me, and I went to some shows, I, I did a lot of stuff down there, talked to some artists, and man, a lot of people were super, super encouraging to me. And some people, you know, recognized me on the street or at a show and were like, are you Grady? I love your videos. Um, one guy messaged me on Instagram and said he was playing at a bar that I happened to be like a block away from. So I went over and saw him play a couple of original songs. He was a veteran named Rory. He was really sweet and played a beautiful song called uh, Terrified, I think. I don't think it's out there for consumption, but it's really great. Um, yeah, it was just really encouraging to be like, holy crap, there's people that really notice what I do, and like what I do, and um, that made me feel awesome. It made me feel awesome, and it made me want to come back to Charlottesville and hit the ground running and, and really invest in this thing that I'm doing here. So, I launched a Patreon, that's what uh, a guy named Austin in the band Home Free, we got a coffee, he he encouraged me to do that and said, you know, not to, not to undervalue yourself, and so, I came back and launched that, and it was the timing was good because YouTube was freaking claiming all these labels, all these stupid labels are claiming my videos. They don't understand that it's a great promotion for them, but I, what else did I do in Nashville? I met up, uh, I, I'd only talked to him on the phone, but I met Brian Kelly from Florida Georgia Line, who has got to be my most unlikely friend, but has just been a really, really kind person to me. Um, which has definitely stretched me a lot. I don't know what to do with the fact that someone that I've been somewhat mean to uh, in the past, although I've always liked Florida Georgia Line more than all the copycats of Florida Georgia Line, Brian reached out in December. We've established a friendship, and he's just kind of helping me navigate sort of the channel getting bigger and um, just a source of positivity and encouragement, honestly. He, He said something to me that was really helpful once that said, so long as I'm thoughtful, it's okay if I'm mean, and I try to be thoughtful. And anyway, we we got to meet and I got to kind of see them in their element. And that was a cool experience to see Florida Georgia Line at a rehearsal and see them kind of the way that they work together. I don't know that I've ever seen two people more in touch with their desire than those guys, the way they just kind of move, the way they communicate, the way they just see a piece of merch, and they're like, I want this, but on this breast pocket, and I want this breast pocket uh, moved up, I like this shirt and teal, and then the way they kind of are very openly communicating, I think it would look cool and get the crowd excited if I stood here. What do you think, man? And they, they just kind of have this way of being very open about what they think would look cool, and they follow their intuition, and I, I just looked at that and thought, man, I got something to learn. So... I got to I got to meet them. I got to uh, meet an awesome woman named Terry Brown that has been a major resource to me as well. Um, and she was very kind. And I, I yeah, I did a lot of stuff, guys. I met some of my followers. I met uh, met Jeremy Chua, who's a student out at Belmont. I met Nathan Kanich. I don't even know how to say his last name, but he's got some great writing on country music. I met with Emily Yar from the Washington Post. Uh, who's a journalism friend of mine, and she was down there winning the freaking Chet Flippo Award for journalism. So I had a good uh, networky trip down in Nashville, and and honestly, like I feel like it was just a huge encouragement to me. I think I've probably laid that on pretty thick, but it felt good to be down in the in the heart of country music, and and you know, I told one of the people I was meeting with one of the management companies i said you know i criticize country i get that but i do it because i love it and some people think i'm a hater but i'm not a hater i'm a huge fan and it was cool to be in the city that produces so much music that i am a a huge huge fan of there was one time where I was just sitting down at Robert's Western World, which is an awesome honky-tonk. It's it's kind of one of the less corporate honky-tonks. Now you've got like Kid Kid Rock's honky-tonk on Lower Broadway and you've got, you know, Blake Shelton's Old Red and everything is sponsored and it's uh it's very developed, a little bit like Nashville Disney World and there's bachelorette parties everywhere and um Robert's Western World still has kind of a scuzzier vibe and a real honky-tonk vibe and I saw just a great True Blue country band playing in there. And, you know, if you order a PBR, they bring you a moon pie with it. It's just, it's got some charm. I was hanging out there and, and I was there for my, by myself for about a half hour and just kind of people watching and and just stepping back and being like, man, I always take such an intellectual approach to Nashville, but it's actually really cool to sit here and see how happy this music makes people that also makes me happy and to just be here with them to be eating a corn dog in a random honky tonk and, and listening to these incredibly talented musicians that town is so talented it's so talented anywhere you go there is talent if you go to a random bar where this this guy Rory was playing so talented if you like go to Robert's Western World there's another great talented band and fiddle player and Um, and then I went later that night to, uh, there's a tradition in Nashville called songwriters in the round. And if you go to a songwriter's round, there's a bunch of stools up on stage and different songwriters play the hits that they've written for other people. So maybe someone wrote a big number one for Carrie Underwood and you'll get to hear the original songwriter kind of sit up there, talk a little bit about the writing process of it. And then, um you know, play it, play his version of it or her version of it. And they kind of banter with each other and play with each other. And it's, it's very fun. So I saw Jesse LaBelle and friends and it was an excellent show. And and Jesse got to play some of his new music. He's got a song coming out, um, in like a week called Hey Rachel that he played. That's really good. He played another song of his called two hearts and a diamond. That was excellent. Um, and yeah, I I just, I, I was marveling at how cool the town is and how much, Talent there is there, and it's easy for me to get mad at Nashville. It's easy for me to treat it like this monolithic entity that just wants to make a buck, and, and that's a little bit true. I'm not saying that's untrue, but to really see the talent that undergirds all of the business that goes down there, it was a it was awesome. It was a nice reminder, and yeah, and then to just get to share that with some of the people that I don't know maybe watch me or listen to the same music I listen to, that was really special. While I was there, I I also got to see Ian No. Ian No is a guy whose album just came out, and I, and I got a last minute invite from his people over at Thirty Tigers when they knew I was in town. They said, "Hey, why don't you come over here and um, we will give you tickets to this show." So I went to kind of his album release show, and I'd heard some buzz about him from like Saving Country Music and other places. And I went to his show and I was just kind of flabbergasted. I was like, this guy is good. He was in this real grungy bar called the basement. And he sounds kind of like Bob Dylan, honestly, like country Bob Dylan. Some people said, uh, maybe a little more like towns, Van Zant. I definitely hear a Bob Dylan thing with him and almost like Bob Dylan crossed with Sturgill. He's from Kentucky. And I don't know what the hell is out in the water in Kentucky that they have produced now. Sturgill stapleton childers and and now we got ian no but geez louise there's this little country music renaissance coming out of out of kentucky there's a few songs of his on his album between the country that i've just been playing on repeat. uh there's one called barber song that i just think is so much fun And there's another one called Um I forget what it's called, but I'll play it right here. Let me just look it up on my phone really quick. Oh no. Podcasting uh, struggles. I've never recorded a podcast, so let me see what this thing is called that I love. Uh, if today doesn't do me in. Drinking all that, Coke and gin. And I'll be a suit when man with gold in my hand. If today doesn't do me in. Damn, that's a beautiful song. That is a beautiful song. Can't recommend that record enough, you guys. Check it out. Hopefully I'll get a new review up of it on the channel soon. But yeah, that was Nashville. That was Nashville. It was a great trip. I don't really know exactly what comes from it now. But if anything, it just made me feel good. made me feel good about what I'm doing. It made me proud of myself to know that people notice what I'm doing. And it made me want to take this stuff more seriously. So... You know, that might have implications for my job here in Charlottesville. I think I'm going to stay in town. I don't know that I could move to Nashville. And the town just kind of eats and breathes and sleeps country music too much for me to really be able to, like, be honest about it, I think. So I think it's good that I don't live there. And I don't see myself moving there, but I need to play ball with that place for sure. So we'll see kind of what comes of that trip. But great trip. Really glad I went and I'm going to kind of double down on this whole thing that I'm doing here online, which is cool. Uh, okay, what else is going on? What else is going on besides Grady feeling good about himself? I think this podcast it would be cool if in the in the long run I could maybe take questions on it or something. So maybe I'll set up a phone line. I listened to Theo Vons this past weekend, my freaking favorite podcast ever, and I love listening to him take calls from people. So maybe I'll set up a hotline and people can leave voicemails because that would be really, really fun too put some of those on the show and just gotta kind of be able to interact with you guys because so many of you guys have such smart takes in country music so we'll see about that but for the first episode I'm just going to kind of riff I have a few things written down uh, Thomas Rhett new record just came out on Friday Center Point Road it is fine I would say it is pretty much what I'd expect a Thomas Rhett record to be it's very poppy Got a swan float from the let's go find some water cuz it's off like barion. it is you a little bit over caffeinated i would say that might be the word i'd use it kind of reminds me of like glee or something it's supposed to kind of be his maturation like thomas Rhett reflecting on his his past and there is some of that on here but The songs are a lot... They're too overly broad, I would say. He's not someone that is really getting into the specifics that makes songwriting interesting. There's not nearly enough images on this album, I would say. I think that that old truck kind of has some good songwriting on it. I think, actually, Dream You Never Had. I think the songs where he's writing about his fame and um, kind of the status of him and his wife and this sort of Chip and Joanna Gaines thing they seem to be pursuing of kind of being a couple that's just as famous for their love as they are for their individual talents I think those are kind of interesting Like I think Life Changes is probably Thomas Rhett's one of his least country songs but also one of his best written Um, but there's a few songs on here that I think are good That Old Truck I enjoy Uh, Dream You Never Had I think that Almost the final song and definitely the most country song actually has some steel on there I think it sounds really good it's a really really well written song when I got trucked on that old field, I almost quit their team. I almost gave up guitar, because it hurt to play those strings. And everybody told me no, man, I about gave up on my dream. Almost. Let it go. I enjoy it. It has a kind of thematic nature to the songwriting that I think is really good. And I also think Sand is a good song. That's a song co-written with Hardy, who has freaking 8 billion cuts on the chart right now. You know, Hardy seems to be unstoppable. I just wanna don't worry, be happy. But Sand is another song that I actually find pretty enjoyable. Now VHS ain't into that song Uh, it stands for Very Hot Summer it reminds me of BYHB Bring Your Hot Body that atrocity by the guy from Smash Mouth and Sugar Ray Uncle Ezra Ray that's what that band was called do we remember Uncle Ezra Ray let's just take a moment of silence for Uncle Ezra Ray oof That was someone from Better Than Ezra, someone from Sugar Ray and Uncle Cracker. So, what a sad, sad country trio that was, but they're gone. Uh, The Thomas Rhett record, overall, it's just exactly what you'd expect. It's like a pop country record. He kind of leans pretty hard on the disco vibe sometimes, and I don't know, Thomas Rhett to me is just so nothing always. It's just kind of, it's not bad. It's just not great. And I think this album has... It just all feels very vanilla to me. Pretty boring. Um, Notice seems like it's going to be the big hit from it. I think it's a good lyric. I think it's a good song. But look, he ain't for me, but I get that Thomas Rhett is filling some kind of like role of being sort of the the pop star country guy of our moment. Girls like him, and they like his wife, and I don't know. He seems kind of harmless on the whole, but then there's some of these songs like don't threaten me with a good time with little big town that song just does not sound good center point road it feels a lot like legends by kelsey ballerini and it actually features kelsey ballerini but to me it just feels like it's trying too hard to be epic when really it's just reflecting on like high school was great doesn't feel as deep as the kind of anthemic nature of it is trying to make it so eh, eh. that's what i have to say about the thomas rett record Another piece of news I wanted to talk about, uh, taking a turn here, is freaking Turnpike Troubadours. The Turnpike Troubadours announced that they are going on an indefinite hiatus. They didn't say the reasoning why, but you know anyone with eyes knows that it is because their lead singer Evan Felker has pretty visibly on stage been struggling with what it, some sort of substance abuse. Um, this has been a narrative for a long time with the band, but lately the number of cancellations have been ramping up. People have been complaining. They've been canceling shows left and right. And, you know, there's a whole debate that happens with people when, when a band starts canceling shows of do they deserve our sympathy or are they more of a product? And if you purchase a product like tickets and you make travel plans and get babysitters and then a band cancels last minute, you know, do they deserve that kind of sympathy? And the, the Turnpike Troubadours have had a lot of people frustrated with them in the last few months. and, Uh, They've been putting out these statements that read, kind of increasingly, almost letting you in on some of the internal frustration that they're experiencing as a band. But they have now announced an indefinite hiatus, and it seems to be, in order to let Evan Felker go, I would presume, to rehab, I'll read the statement. To our fans, we want to apologize again for the abrupt cancellations of our shows this past weekend. We can assure you that the situation was not in our control. We want nothing more than the opportunity for the opportunity to heal and to not put all of you through this ever again. To have a chance for any of this, we need to cancel all our remaining tour dates. Turnpike Troubadours will go on an indefinite hiatus until a time that we feel everyone is of strong mind, body, and spirit and can deliver what our fans deserve. Refunds are for all scheduled shows can be made at the point of purchase. To all of you who have given us so much, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You believed in us, you raised us up, and you stuck by us and gave us more unconditional love than any band could ask for. We are humbled. We ask that you please keep us in your thoughts and prayers as we work to support and encourage. Thank you for everything. We love you. So, that doesn't sound very promising for the future of the Turnpike Troubadours. It's not announcing with any finality that they are done as a band, but a lot of people read that statement and thought, is this the end? You know, There's certain language in that that makes it feel pretty final, where it says you know, you believed in us, you've given us so much. Um, That sounds a little scary for people, because the Turnpike Troubadours are, you know, I would say, the most beloved band out of the red dirt scene. It's got to be them or like Cody Johnson, but in terms of bands, it's got to be Turnpike Troubadours. I mean, to me, they really, I know they're from Oklahoma, but they're really emblematic of the kind of Texas, Red Dirt, Oklahoma scene. They kind of, when people ask, who's someone out in that world that I should listen to if they're only uh, pop country fans? I always send them to Turnpike Troubadours first. They've got the best songwriting, they've got incredible melodies. And, you know, you, you play a song like Down Here, and it is so simple. Be right. You'll be fine. You can have a nickel out of mine. My- you're all right down here. It's basically just like, dude, life's hard, but you're going to be alright. That's kind of the simple message of the song, but they make it so rich and beautiful and their dynamics are great and Evan Felker just has such a plain-spoken way of delivering things that make the lyrics really come to life and it'll be such a bummer um, if they're done. Now, at the same time, I think that This is absolutely the right decision. You know, he's ill and he needs to get well. And so I'm happy that they are giving him the space to do that. And I think anyone with common sense understands that his health and well-being needs to take the priority over our desire to see a concert. And look, the market will decide kind of if they feel, you know, at what point that they just stop caring but I don't think we're there yet. I think people love the Turnpike Troubadours and are fighting for them and um, and want to see them keep making good music and, and want to see him, want to see Evan get cleaned up. You know, he's had a weird year. He's had a weird year, obviously split from his wife and was on tour with Miranda and then suddenly was dating her and that was a whole controversial hubbub and, you know, it was pretty easy to put two and two together there. I don't think people should be blaming Miranda. I've seen a few people do that, and it's so crazy that it's like, oh, all this tail spinning is because of her. And it's like, no, 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 no. This has been a long documented thing since before Miranda Lambert was around. Um, But, you know, I think, Evan, I hope he, I hope he, I hope he's able to, you know, find community and find people that love him. And that he's able to accept that they love him. I think, like addiction, the root of it is shame. You know, I've got some some degree of experience in like kind of you know twelve step world and and whatnot. And I think a lot of people think that addicts do bad things, um, or addicts feel ashamed because they do bad things. And I think the the real reality is that. Addicts do bad things because they feel ashamed. They don't like who they are, and there's a deep unhappiness in themselves. And so they, they, they treat themselves the way they think they deserve to be treated. And so what I want for Evan is to just, uh, is I hope that he can find that love of who he is. I hope he can understand that he is like a beloved person. Not for anything he's done, but just for being a person. He is valuable and important and good. And I hope he can find that. And I hope the Turnpike Troubadours can heal. And I hope we get more music from them. But if we don't... If we don't... Well... We've had an awesome run. A truly awesome run. So... Yeah. It's kind of a downer, but... It's a big piece of news. Coming up on the channel, we got a lot of stuff. Um part of me wants to weigh in on this guy Blanco Brown and his song The Get Up he's clearly trying to ride the the, the wave that was started by Lil Nas X and I imagine we're going to see a million copycats that come in and, and want to have this kind of fusion hip hop country sound but I don't really have a take on all that yet <laughs> I think it's okay to like these songs it's okay that they are country adjacent, I just wouldn't call them country but you know, the older I get the less that's a hill I die on but to me, it just feels exploitative of the moment. I don't know if you guys have heard this song, but people keep sending it to me wanting me to weigh in. And for now, no thank you. So guys, I think like that's all I really want to talk about on this first, you know, attempted episode of this podcast. I'm I'm really just making this to figure out how to edit stuff, how, to, how do I upload this. I just signed up for a service called Buzzsprout. So hopefully that can help with things. And... Maybe I'll just post it to Patreon. I launched a Patreon. Um, and otherwise, I'm just going to try and try and lean in here. And I really appreciate you guys going on this journey with me. I've got really kind people around me that, that encourage me. and Let's just see where this thing goes, you know? You know. I'm going to fade us out with some Flatland Cavalry. Freaking love that album. And that's it, guys. That's it. Feedback welcome. No shade of green could describe. my Trapped inside her eyes. Red lipstick from the blood of all them boys who failed and tried. Held up for all to see. Legs as long as she is free. Made strong by walking out on any man. Couldn't let her be.